Okay, so we'll begin. Uh, last time we were talking about uh, the mind. We spoke about uh, uh, we spoke about the the con not the, not the conscience the the parts of the mind the faculties that are you know that comprise the mind and uh, they were the uh, the the conscious the subconscious and the unconscious uh, parts of our mind. Now. Bear in mind that's not the only thing that is there. Okay, that's not the those those are not the only faculties that are a part of the mind. The mind is much much bigger. It is it in, it encompasses it comprises a lot of other stuff. And uh, today we want to go a little deeper because uh, a little deeper into what the mind is about and what it really has. Because uh, our life is all about uh, our life stems from our mind. In other words. You are what you think. You are what your what's in your mind, and that is one of the key fundamentals, one of the primary things that uh, that if we understand, we'll be able to live in absolute success and victory. Right. The key is to live in freedom. Right. Right from the start, we've been discussing this. Live in freedom, and living in freedom, okay, has everything to do with what's in your mind. Okay. For example. How many of us, okay, literally uh, live our lives without any obligation whatsoever to anyone or anything? How many of us can honestly say, I'm living my life like, you know, it's like, I don't, so free, I don't have to think about anything, anyone, I don't have to really, you know, it's like, uh, I don't have to be bogged down, my mind is not controlled. My mind is not in a direction where it's uh, where it's influenced by something on the outside. How many of us can actually say that? How many of us are not governed by our future? Now I've shared this a lot on many different platforms, but this because it is really key, right? Most people, the majority of people, in fact, the whole world, generally lives their life. They live their life on the basis of what is going. What is my future going to be? And that itself is one of the biggest bondages that people have, and it is more, uh, it is it is more, uh, it is bigger bondage than living from your past, right? Now let me show you something. Okay. So I was, uh, I, uh, I had a, I had a, I had an experience once I was caught up into eternity. Now, if you know anything about eternity, which I will share in the future, it is a, it is a place. It is a state of existence in which you are in a, you are in complete timelessness. Timelessness means you are outside of time. You can see time. You are not, but you are not part of it. In other words, time does not govern you because you are not under the influence of time. Now, time is also a created entity. Okay, time is not just something that is conceptual. It is not a it is not some random uh, thing that is there. Time literally is a government. In other words, anything that can control you cause an influence in your mind can cause you to think in a different direction than what than what you want to think it becomes a government over you. And one of the biggest governments that we face in our day-to-day -day lives is time. 
For example, like I shared with you earlier, right? The future. Majority of people are living their lives today in fear of a future, an unsure future, right? And where does all this come from? Now, I shared with you about the sub, the, the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious mind. All these play together, but what what is it? What does it show us? What does all what do all these faculties of our mind basically show us? They show us something called as the conscience. It is like uh, it is like how you have a monitor screen, but the monitor screen is not your computer. The computer is a whole different. Uh, the CPU is a whole different unit altogether. And if you want to see what's on your CPU, you see it on a computer. You see it on a computer screen. That's called your monitor. In other words, you monitor what's on your computer, what's on your hard disk, what's on your central processing unit, and it is all displayed on your on your monitor screen. So whatever's happening in our subconscious and our unconscious and our conscious mind, okay, is being relayed to our brain. So what I shared with you last time was, you have your brain, you have your brain, and then you have your mind. And in your mind, you have the, the, con the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. Now, these are two separate and distinct things. So your brain is not your mind, and your mind is not your brain. But they are so interconnected, you can't distinguish the two until you leave until a person leaves his body the mind doesn't go anywhere the mind continues you still have your mind but you don't have the physical body has no monitor to see what's in your mind right so your brain basically it, it sort of relays everything that is happening in your mind and it is showing you in your in your brain uh, through brain activity that okay fine you know it's like i had a past i had a very uh, good past it was a very beautiful childhood that i had and my childhood is uh, you know lodged in my subconscious and my unconscious mind so i mean i'm free i have a very good uh, personality i have a good uh, you know uh, interaction and a relationship with people i have no insecurities and all this stuff is playing in that mind and that mind feeds information to this brain which actually assimilates everything that is in that mind and makes it in makes it comprehensible for us it gives us understanding of who we are this mind is the place of identity this is where we live so the mind is where we actually live and exist this is also where our conscience is so for example you are uh, Let's say a person uh, has a very good childhood, or very good, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, he has a very uh, good past. His future, he's not too concerned about, simply because he, his mind has been framed in such a way where he's secure in his thought process, in his thought life. His mindset is a very secure mindset. But a person who has had a not so good or a very disturbing childhood or a past, not necessarily childhood, but a past, that person has already endured something in this area of the mind, which is playing in his subconscious, which is causing him to doubt his future. So his future is something that is actually living, uh, he, he's playing out, he's living out his future on the basis of his past, but 
he's more concerned about the future than he is about the past. See, because the past, okay, is already lodged here. It's already in this place. So he's not really thinking about it too much. Now his focus is on what can happen in the future. So I had a, I had a experience once where I was basically caught up into eternity. And uh, I was caught up in this space and suddenly I saw two spheres. Like there were two spheres side by side and they were touching each other right about here. And that touch over here was so small, it was such a minor touch that it was almost insignificant. And as I was looking at it, I knew that this, that what I was looking at was time. So I just knew that in that experience. And as I was watching it, it was it, things started playing out in, uh, in my mind. Okay. And when I came back from that experience, I started, my, my brain started comprehending everything that I, that I went through. And I, and I understood everything that my mind was showing me about that experience. What I saw was that this was my past. This was my future. And this small insignificant portion in the middle where the two spheres touched was my present. Because our present is so, so fleeting. It's like, you're there and you're already in the future. You're there and you're already in the future. Every millisecond is like you're present and you moved into the future, leaving behind your past. So as insignificant as this is, this doesn't matter. This or rather in, in our mind, people don't think of this small little thing, which is actually really very significant. It is the most significant part of our being. That small place called the present. God does not want us to be living here. He does not want us to be living here. He wants us to be living here. You know why? Because this place is the closest place to eternity than any other sphere of influence. This is a sphere of influence. This is a sphere of influence. This is influencing our life and this is influencing our life. It's influencing our thoughts. It's influencing our mind. It's influencing our, our behavior. It's influencing everything that we are doing in this reality over here called the present. And this is the place that is the most in touch with eternity. Eternity is a place of timelessness. And God wants us to live there. Now, I didn't realize it at that time. But when I came back, I saw that this represented... An eternity symbol. Now I could only see that from eternity. And this insignificant place over here in the middle is where God wants us to actually focus on everything that is outside of time. God never designed, our father never designed for us to live inside this or this. The last time I shared with you about Eden, right? <clears throat> I shared with you about this, uh, this place that God uh, made man and man was existing, coexisting with him in this, in the state of existence in the spirit called Eden. In other words, his desire, his pleasure, his heart. And that is where father God wants us to live in his heart, in his desire. 
So we are not always focused on our past or our future. We are focused on him in this outside reality called eternity. So I saw that, you know, it's like there was a lot of stuff happening about my past that was influencing my present that there were things in my past that was changing my behavior and changing my thought process and my mindset. And the more I was thinking about this, you know, uh, this thing about, you know, it's like, uh, you know, what if it happens again? What if the things that are mistakes that I made of my past happened again? So automatically I started, I, I, I started altering my future so that in a, in, a, in a thought process of fear, so that I don't make these mistakes in this place. I don't want to do that. And Father God had to show me that this is not the way to live. The way to live was in complete freedom, freedom of my past, freedom of my future. Because Father God created us in his image and in his likeness. He created us in a reality in which time has no government over us and time is a government, right? What did God say in, the, uh, in Genesis? He said he, he made the sun and the moon and the stars. Why did he make them? He made them as an indicator of times and seasons. Times and seasons. In other words, they were supposed to determine seasons for us. It was not supposed to be a government over us. It was not supposed to rule us. But what man had to, uh, man suffered right from the beginning, right from Adam, was he went through this thought process of, wait a minute, you know, it's like uh, I, I did something wrong and then I hid from God. And everything from there through his genes and through his thought process translated to his sons. Adam, Eve translated that to his sons, uh, Cain, Abel, and all the other kids that they had them to their sons, their children, and the thought process started growing stronger and stronger. The entire, all of civilization, mankind started adopting that thought process right from Adam. Now think about it. Suppose Adam had not uh, eaten of the fruit and had that guilty mindset, right? Do you think he would have translated that he, if he had not gone through that experience of that guilt, do you think he would have translated that to his sons? To his children? He would not have taught his children that. They would have no experience of something that he did. Adam himself would have no experience of something that he did. But that experience taught him fear. That experience taught, taught him guilt. It taught him condemnation. Right? And that experience governed his life from that point forward. So it is not really the fruit in itself that had the power, I mean, think about it, right? The, uh, what did God say? He said, if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Now, we say sin began, okay, sin for man, sin for Adam began when he ate of the fruit. Now, if that were true, then how is it possible that he sinned before he ate of the fruit? Right? Think about it. He ate the fruit, but before that, before that, the very act of him going and eating of the fruit itself was an act of so-called sin. Now, I don't, I don't want to dwell into sin because sin is not a big deal. 
for God, it's not a big deal. We make a big deal about sin. And that goes into our mind and starts playing into all these faculties, creating a lifestyle and a, and a pattern for us in which we are now governed by this thought process of, oh my God, I don't want to do something wrong, you know? And we don't want to get into that kind of a pattern or that kind of a mindset. So what God did was he created a, he, he sent Jesus, right? And now we're coming to why he sent Jesus, because it's like, what did Jesus do? We have so much stuff from the Bible, so much biblical jargon that, you know, we have been taught and we have been, again, I want to remind you, okay, a lot of what you're going to hear is going to challenge you. It will challenge you. It will cause you to think. And if you do, if it does challenge you, my recommendation is still that you go to Father God and ask him as in, does, it makes sense, but, or it doesn't make sense. And if, you, if it doesn't make sense to you, that's fine. If it does make sense, but you're still battling with it in your mind, you go to Father God and, and you ask him like, you know, what should I do? I mean, this makes sense. I needed to become a revelation in my heart. Now it's going to challenge you. It'll make you think. When Paul said, you know, stuff like you become, uh, all things are new, all things are a new creation, a new creature. The same species, okay, the same species that God created in his image and likeness. Now, God is not a man that he should change his mind. What does it say? Nor is he the son of man that he should repent, right? It says so in the Bible. It says it in, in, uh, uh, in Exodus. No, not Exodus. Deuteronomy, right? God is not a man that he should change his mind. God doesn't change his mind about anything. So what was Paul saying when he said all things are new and it is, and you are a new creature in him? What did Jesus do? Did God suddenly make a new person? Did fat people suddenly become thin when they, when they accepted Jesus? Did bald people suddenly grow hair? How, where did the, where's the new creature? Right? I ask God, I'm a new creature now, I'm a new creation. Where's the, where's the change? As in, where's the, this? The sacrifice of Jesus, okay, was meant to change man's mind about their relationship with God and what took place in the garden. Because where did Jesus die? Any, anyone remembers? What was the name of that mountain on what Jesus died? It was a place called Golgotha. Right? How many of you heard of Golgotha? Okay. It's in the Bible. You can read it. Golgotha is also translated as the place of the skull. Where's the mind? Where's the brain? Where's the correlation? Okay. Place of the mind, place of the skull. It's in the skull. The brain translates everything in our mind. God was dealing with not our physical bodies. He was dealing with our mind. Because if you change your mind, your whole life changes. If your thought process is set right, your whole life changes. It all begins up here. Right? And I'm not saying the brain. I'm talking about this place, right? This, this thing, this, this, this here, this place over here that is so interconnected. This so, you know, it's like it's, it's one fabric. The brain and the mind is such is so is so one fabric that you can't separate the two. Your brain has to translate what your mind is showing, just like it translates everything in this physical world. Like for example, you read the news, right? You hear of all that's happening. 
your brain is receiving that information how you're reading the news you're watching the news you're hearing people say something your five senses are getting that information your brain is receiving that information creating a reality sending it to your mind where the reality is created your brain does not create a reality so i'm sorry about that your brain receives the information which sends that information to your mind okay this is where your information from the five senses comes this goes here the information goes here this is where our reality is formed our reality is actually made is formed here and then that information goes back to the brain for comprehension in other words uh if your mind is thinking wait a minute you know my future uh, it doesn't look that great your brain starts experiencing fear your body starts reacting to that fear your life your physical life starts reacting to that fear these are just the mechanics of man's makeup so when we are thinking about you know uh how does how do things work right and why is it why is it that way because everything that we know and everything that we know and believe it comes from one of two sources like i shared with you last time right one of two sources this is your soul this is the spirit this is your physical life or your body right now either your spirit or the spiritual realm or the heavenly realms right this is the place of the heavenly realms this is the place of the physical realm so either you your soul can receive information from here or it can receive information from here where we decide how do we decide that by making life choices life choices determine how we live our life and what happens to us in this physical existence that we are living in and this is really vital it is vital to our existence a lot of people i know a lot of people who die early who die too young you shouldn't die at all in fact because of what is taking place here in their soul i know i know a young guy okay i knew a young guy 20 21 years old 21 years old the guy was a youth in a, a, a youth in one of my youth groups i was taking i was a pastor of a youth group in the church a local church here 21 year old guy okay one day before uh, or rather he goes for party somewhere he's coming back by train little drunk he's standing at the door of the train he falls off and he dies now i'm wondering i'm thinking oh my god what's going on here how can he die because i know for a fact that this young dude is like he has prophecies over his life god has given him words for his future you're going to do this you're going to do that this is what you're going to accomplish and all that. and i'm like you know how can you 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 give prophecies and all so many people have confirmed the prophet so many different prophets have confirmed that prophet that that prophecy how is it possible that you know uh, you can you can die without fulfilling everything that god said now god is giving prophecy right who gives the prophecy who gives the words of knowledge who gives the words of wisdom the information that okay fine this is what your life is going to be i want you to be this this is what you will be if you choose that's what prophecy is what is prophecy if you choose this is what you will become in life so this dude dies and i'm really puzzled now because at that point of time i'm thinking god is going to keep me alive until i finish every every word every word of prophecy that he's given for my life 
But then I see too many other people also dying prematurely. So what's going on? Now, one day before, I get to know that he's been, you know, uh, blogging on his website, on Instagram, on Facebook and stuff like that. And most of his thoughts are on death. And he's been sending posts of, you know, it's a life is short and, you know, uh, you can die tomorrow. What if I die tomorrow? What will, what will happen? And this, that, and stuff, and little stuff he's been writing on his posts and he's getting all likes and everything, you know, uh, you know how it is, right? Hearts and likes and all this stuff. So he's getting all that. But I came to know that that was his mindset. And that's what, that's what he was training his mind to think. Many other people who suffer depression and, you know, all these kind of anxiety issues and, you know, uh, stuff like that, they go through stuff in life uh, as a result of things that they have been feeding their mind instead of foc being focused on eternal life. God wants us to focus in this area, right? He wants us to focus on heaven. He wants us to focus on eternal life. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are of the earth of this world. He wants us to think on things of heaven. Why? Because heaven is life. He is heaven. Who's heaven? The father is heaven. Jesus is eternal life. Jesus is life. So he wants us to focus on life and not what we see happening on the earth, not what we see happening in this world. Because the world right from Adam has been trained to think death. They have been trained to think sickness. They have been trained to think weakness. I'm not smart. I'm not this. I'm not that. Father God wants us to start thinking, you are exactly as I am. You're just like me. Right? Give me a minute. Right? So, like I was saying, Father God wants us to be thinking eternally. He wants us to be thinking about life. Now, let's get back to this, this the faculties of our mind, right? When we are thinking about life, we're thinking about all the different areas that we that 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 come to play when we think about life. Like I said in the beginning, right? Everything about our life is it stems from our mind. It stems from our conscience. Our conscience is the area in which all things play out. Now, remember I told you about how uh, Adam, right from the beginning, he his mind was uh, struck with guilt, was struck, struck with condemnation. And when that happened, what took place was that his mind started playing on him. His, his, every, every thought of his was about, wait a minute, you know, God said this will happen. And what really happened? Did God do it to him? God didn't do it to him. God said, if you do this, if you, if you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. Dying, you will die. He didn't say, I'm going to kill you. He didn't say, you will die because of something I'm going to do. No. He said, dying, you will die. In other words, you will cause your own death. You will cause things to happen in your life that you don't want. And that's the same thing that took place. Death was never supposed to be man's way of life. Man was never supposed to die. You know, if you read, uh, I'm jumping the gun here. I, uh, this is something I'm supposed to discuss 
probably later on but in second timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 and verse 10 it says jesus the go- uh, he brought the gospel to life in other words what is the gospel the good news in other words jesus i am come on the earth i have died on the cross and i have put to death every requirement that you feel is inadequate in other words if you feel wait a minute you know i'm i'm short of something i cannot i cannot uh, uh i i everything nothing i do is sufficient to please god nothing i do is sufficient for life just like adam thought in the garden that's why he hid jesus came to die on the cross and said okay wait everything that you think you is is sufficient or insufficient between you and god i have already fulfilled now you don't have to do anything i've done it for you i've done it in your place you are now me i took your place there was an exchange that took place i died your death on the cross god is satisfied now he has no problem with you whatsoever you are 100% righteous that's another biblical jargon by the way righteous okay every everybody likes to say uh, righteous and grace and you know uh, justification sanctification all these biblical words but very simply put god is not mad at anyone god is not mad god was never mad at adam right from the beginning god was never mad at anyone from the get go until jesus and until until now he will never be mad at anyone in the future he was never mad it was only in man's mind in hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10 you can go and read it for yourself it says that christ has cleansed our conscience from dead works from things that don't matter from our own performance from our own lifestyle he has cleansed our conscience in other words everything that you that is on your mind that is thinking where am i will god be pleased with me if i do this will god will be pleased with me you know if i uh, if i don't read the bible today if i don't attend the eg if i don't go to church will god be pleased with me you know everything that is playing in our mind about whether god will be is is something that jesus has nailed to the cross destroyed once and for all god has no issues with any single person on the face of the earth any single person whatsoever so there is no reason why you should ever think i am unwell will god heal me god will heal me will not heal me unless you know i live a holy life unless you know i obey him unless it because most people whenever they fall you know whenever they have some shortcomings or they don't feel too well unwell or whatever it is they feel it is something that they did or something that you know uh, some some bad deeds that they've done that brought the judgment on them it's not the case at all it was their mind that brought the judgment on them their mind judged them their mind through centuries of a thought process handed down right from adam have trained man to think that wait a minute if you do something then this will happen to you if you do something wrong something will happen to you now because you are in god's image and god's likeness whatever you believe comes out from you you are co-creator with him remember i shared with you earlier right 
God brought the animals to him so he could give them identity, not just a name. He wasn't just calling them tiger, lion, and uh, elephant and all that. He was saying, "Wait a minute, this is what you're going to become. This is what you. Uh, this is what your identity and your characteristics will be, right? I am giving you identity, and this is who you will become. This is what your nature is going to be like." So Adam named the animals just like God changed Abraham's name and Jacob's name. And what did God say about Jesus? He said, "You will have a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel." In other words, God with us. Right? What did he say? He gave him a name so that people could identify what God was doing. God with us. In other words, God has not left you. God has not abandoned you. He never had abandoned you. Is God with you? Here I am. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, what is what is the Father doing? Don't ever think in your mind, right? That oh, wait a minute, you know, have I uh, have I done something wrong? That's why you know this uh, sickness has come upon me. That's why I'm falling in financial trouble. That's why you know it's like people are against me. That's why all these things. No, you are creating a reality for yourself. Remember, I showed you this. This is where your reality gets formed in your mind. In other words, all the thoughts that. you hear from the outside world it goes in through your brain sorry it goes through your brain it feeds itself here and this is where you start thinking all the thoughts of negativity which comes back out in the form of fear check yourself here and start here what you what information are you feeding yourself so the conscience now okay this is your mind this is your brain this is the your mind your brain this is where your conscience is your collective subconscious your conscious and your unconscious mind collectively forms your conscience every thought that you feed in okay starts creating a reality for yourself which is your conscience have you heard this you know it's like uh, i have this thing okay uh whenever someone uh, whenever people gift me something okay and it's it's a little it's a little blunt it's a little brutal but this is the way i live whenever people gift me things right i love gifts okay whenever people gift me things i make it a point not to gift them back i'm not going to give them anything back firstly it negates their gift it makes their gift null and void because if i return that gift and give something back it just become like payment for your gift and his and that person's gift becomes of no value because now i paid him back in kind so you give me a gift i'll give you a gift you'll give me a gift again i'll give you a gift again and we are paying each other but there's no real gift so who's gifting who nobody i paid you for your gift is gone right but here's the gift you give me something out of your heart that's a gift but i'm not giving you anything because i don't want to devalue what you have called and what you have given as a gift so i'm not going don't expect anything back and people get really offended at that people people say, i'm giving you everything you're not giving anything in return yeah so i'm like i'm sorry what can i do i don't want to devalue your gift but they don't understand that but it makes sense doesn't it it's i mean if you if you ask me it's common sense why will i want to devalue your gift so anyways I love gifts, by the way. If you haven't given me a gift, I'll give you a gift. So, okay, getting back. 
The conscience is I'm not going to allow anything to come into my mind that is going to play on my ability to make proper and accurate decisions in life. I'm not going to allow anyone to speak into my mind to affect my conscience in a way where it influences my behavior. So if someone says something to me, okay, I measure what they say by basically two principles. First, do I value you enough to receive what you're saying as, you know, something valuable, right? What is your motive? Is your, is your motive right in giving me information or are you just kind of like, you know, whatever, trying to, you know, get the upper hand, trying to show how smart you are, whatever. Also, I, and secondly, I value it on the basis of the information given. In other words, is that information really worth something that will change my course of action for the better? So I won't just take something that someone is saying. The only person I place value in today, the only person I consider of great value, who's, who's, uh, who's what do you say, suggestions and, you know, uh, whose input I consider of most value is my wife. It's just the way it is. She's the most valuable person in my life. And uh, next to Jesus, of course. I mean, I don't even have to say that. Next to Father God, of course. I don't even have to say that. But the most valuable person in my life who I, who I consider every word is my wife. Because I know her heart. I know what value she brings. I know exactly why she's saying what she's saying and what it is, what, 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 what it does for my heart. So it holds value. Outside of my wife, I don't consider anything valuable. So anyways, the point is the conscience. Who is, who is talking to your mind and what value is it bringing to your conscience? Are you allowing people to speak into your life such that your future decisions are lived out on the basis of that information you are receiving? It's all here in this area called the conscience. And if you listen to something today, okay, let's say, for example, there's an information that comes. It's gone in. It's already in. It's gone into your subconscious mind. It may not be playing out in the conscious mind. It may not be an active thought but it's gone in here somewhere in your subconscious mind. Now you can decide based on the value of that information. In other words, how much value you place on that person, whether you want to even allow it to go through here. If you do not consider that person valuable enough, then it will not even go through here. It will not even reach your active thought, thought life. You will not think about it. Your brain will receive that information. It will come. It'll go through your ears, it'll reach your thoughts, but it will not go through penetrate enough to create any sort of memory that will come back to you to change or influence your behavior negatively. So there's a principle here. You need to start thinking about how, how, how and who is valuable to you in life. Now, when I spend time with Jesus, what I basically do is I, I just sit, I wait, I wait with Father God, and I just listen. 
those days, you know, it's like earlier, what I used to do right from the beginning, I, I, I was, I grew up in church and in church, we generally, what we do is we uh, start off with praise and worship. And then we have this process that we follow, uh, take me past the outer courts into the uh, inner courts and then into the Holy of Holies. And, you know, there's this process uh, that we follow. So we start with praise and worship. Then we go into the, uh, go into the tithes and offering, then we go into the word and all that. So people by default, because of going to church so often and being so churchanized, they go through the same process. They start their time with God, with praise and worship and all that stuff. And then they go and then they start telling God about, you know, oh God, you know, this is my life. That is my life. Please pray for this one. Pray for that one. Global warming and, you know, things are happening in the world. And then they start creating this prayer list of which they want to speak to God about. As if God does not know already. Now, the thing is this. Who stands to gain more, who stands to benefit more from his time with God, you or God? When you're spending time with God, who stands to benefit more? It's a no-brainer. You. God doesn't benefit anything from you. You know, in the, uh, in the Old Testament, okay, okay, forget that part. The, we, we, we have come to believe that if I praise God, then he'll bless me more. My friends, God cannot bless you any more than you are blessed right now. Ephesians 1.3, God has blessed you with every blessing possible by making you one with the heavenly realms. He cannot bless you any more. He gave you, every, he put everything inside you. He's called the Holy Spirit. He is everything. So he can't give you anything more. And if you praise him more, it's not like you're going to get more. You praise him less, it's not like you're going to get less. If you're looking for a financial breakthrough and you start praising more than you normally do, it's not, it's not going to change anything. Remember what I told you about uh, Abraham, right? In the case of Abraham, and uh, or rather something that, anything that God wants to do on the earth. Whenever God wants to do something on the earth, he has to do it. He, he will only do it through man. Why is that? Because man alone is the rightful governor over creation. Let man have rule, let man have dominion. So if God wants to do anything on the earth, he has to do it with the approval of man. With the authorization of man. If an angel wants to do, if your angel wants to do anything in your life, he can't do it without your authorization. If the Holy Spirit has to do anything in your life, he cannot do it without your authorization. There's no such thing as more faith and less faith. There's no such thing. What did God, what did Jesus say? Have the faith of God. You remember that? Jesus said, have the faith of God. He didn't say, have more faith. Now, 1 Peter, it says, to you who have been given the same precious faith. In other words, all of us have been given the same amount of faith. Whatever, what's happened? He has given us faith. It's not that he has you know, uh, it, it's not that he has, we, we already had faith and that he is making it better. No, he's not that. It's not like the Old Testament faith. 
mustard seed and the tree mustard seed you have to plant it and then it becomes grows into a big tree and all that no that is the old man the old man had to activate his faith through what he did the new man in other words the son of god the the born in the image of jesus the second man does not have to do all those things you already have faith inside you you are already living in faith now how do you realize that faith it all happens here in your conscience this is the place where faith gets a chance to work so this conscience is a big deal it's the biggest deal because your conscience will either allow you to live in freedom or it will bring you in bondage the majority of the world today is living in sickness disease and in bondage in all sorts of you know uh, affirmities and problems and trouble is because their conscience is so bound there's no room for freedom we have to be living in freedom and it starts with a free mind that's why jesus said he has cleansed our conscience by his own blood in other words i died for you know what now let me let me you know destroy some sacred cows that are there okay a lot of uh, churchianity has taught us stuff like you know it's like you got to cover yourself under the blood and all that stuff and okay you want to do that that's good i mean if you feel that you need to do that i'm not i'm not uh, saying don't do it i'm not saying it's wrong there is no right and wrong if your conscience says that you need to cover yourself under the blood it will work it will work because it is a spiritual principle it will work there is no way that it will not work but covering yourself under the blood is a principle that was in the old covenant for people who were separated from god in their minds that is why people today also who are still in their minds bound by guilt and condemnation and separated from god still go through that same process of trying to cover themselves under the blood why is that because they still think they have to do something in order to be protected how are you not protected in heaven colossians chapter 3 verse 1 2 and 3 it says that you are hidden hidden you are hidden with christ in god what blood covering do you need you're already in the father right there are there are certain things see the, these things that we do we do these things simply because we think that by doing it right we can make things happen you are already at the pinnacle of your state of existence you are a son of god there is nothing more powerful than being a son of god in to creation father god is living his life through you and me he's living his life through you and me in other words if you know that that father god is the one living your life okay let's go to let's uh, let's look at what galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says right i have been crucified with christ and paul had this revelation okay he really got it he understood it to the place where it was more like you know wow i really know what's happening here now for him it was 
I am crucified with Christ. In other words, Jesus took me into himself. He took me to the cross. He died in my place. In other words, when he was at the cross, it was like Kurt died. Kurt was nailed to the cross. How was Kurt nailed to the cross? Jesus took his place. Mark. Mark was nailed to the cross. How was Mark nailed to the cross? Jesus took his place on the cross. The punishment that Mark thought he should receive because of his unholy life, the punishment that Kurt and Shilpa and you know everyone else thought that they should receive because of doing something wrong or you know some mistakes they made or something that they did, all that punishment, Jesus, that they thought was punishment, Jesus took at the cross. He died, he became Mark, he became Kurt, he became Shilpa, he became Charlotte, he became them at the cross. That's it. Now your mind is set free. I can't be punished now. There's no such thing as, you know, condemnation. I can't be condemned now. Jesus died for everything that I've done. Everything that I'm going to do also. There is no such thing as guilt and condemnation in this place of security that you are in, in the Father. You are now one with him. I had a dream once. It was a really, it was a very realistic dream that I had. And you know, you know, how you, you have these dreams. Have you, I don't know if you have these dreams that, you know, it's like, it's so real that even when you wake up from it, it's almost as if, you know, it happened to you right at that split second. It was almost as if, you know, you woke up to that reality. I was in a dream and I was running and I was being chased by this, this, this horrible looking demon. And it was chasing me and I'm running, you know, it's like, oh my God, this thing is, and it, and it was gaining on me. And I'm, and I'm running as fast as I can, but I can't really run that fast. And this thing is catching up. And suddenly I, you know, I reach the end of the road. I'm here and there's no right and there's no left. In front of me, I see this transparent glass fish tank. And I'm stuck. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm doomed. And suddenly I hear a voice that says, you know, jump into the fish tank. I'm thinking, okay, fine, but it's transparent. I jump into the fish tank anyways. And I'm standing there. I'm looking at that guy now. There's the fish tank glass here. That The demon comes. This is the glass. He's right here, nose to nose. He's standing there. And then he looks right and he looks left. And he can't see me. And I'm looking. I'm like, uh, the, the demon can't see me. What's going on? And... I woke up from that dream still with that little, little petrified kind of a feel. And Father God says, you're in me. No one can find you. You're hidden. Transparent glass, no problem. You're hidden with Christ in God. Darkness cannot find you in the light. Darkness cannot see the light. Remember I shared with you, you put the light on. Where can you find darkness? Darkness does not dispel light. Darkness cannot say, okay, fine. You know, it's like, go away, light, go away, light. I'm coming into the room now. No, it can't do that. But light can dispel the darkness just by being there. You are light. As light, darkness cannot come into your state of existence. It cannot come. It's not possible. So when we are thinking, right? We're thinking thoughts of, you know, like uh, future, past, things that happen, what can happen, all that stuff. 
our conscience needs to be so clear right that we are not influenced by the past or uh, future we are living in the space of timelessness called the now called the present which is eternity in other words you are living where nothing of your future can influence the decisions you make in life nothing of your past can change your mind about the future nothing can tell you something can go wrong nothing can change your mind i used to always think you know uh, if i uh, if i don't do something about my if i don't prepare for my future if i don't prepare for you know what's going to what's what's coming if i don't save up if i don't do all these kind of things then you know it's like oh what will happen what's going to happen to my life you know god is as as if as if god is not in our future but then my reality changed i started seeing life from an eternal perspective where now i am in eternity and there's no such thing as weakness death lack poverty whatever you name it it can't be there so now i'm not living in time i had a uh before i wrote the before i wrote living from eternity uh, or rather when after i wrote living from eternity and you know it's like i was going through all the proofreading and stuff like that i was about to launch the book in uh, july and the book was not fully ready yet and we had already set the launch date as 1st of july and you know we were going to launch the book and everything but right uh, up until you know the 20th of june i was still making corrections and you know it's like uh, proofreading the book and stuff like that and i was like oh my god the, this book is not going to be ready in time for the the launch and we've sent out all you know social media uh, promos and stuff like that and father god said why don't you engage time why don't you go and meet time now i knew that time i i'm not going to allow time to be a governor over me because time is a created entity and i'm the governor over creation but my mind hadn't caught up to that reality yet so i decided okay fine i'm going to meet time so i stepped into the spirit i engaged with time and suddenly i was in time and time was flowing in union with me and now the way i see time is very different from the way other people have seen time but time was like this multicolored multivariated like an essence that was all around me and i found that it came into harmony with my mind and my being suddenly time started working for me before you know it two days later the book was ready something that i thought was not going to happen by june two days later the book was ready and we were all ready for the launch i i just put my legs up and i was like we oh, fine i'm not doing any more now because there's nothing left to do i'm done it's it's all done time started working for me what does time do it starts altering everything in union with other created entities to bring everything in harmony for the co-creator creation is supposed to work is supposed to come into 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 uh, into union with co-creators that's you and me and work with us we are not supposed to be bosses over creation we are supposed to come into union with creation so that it understands our heart and starts working for us that is what your body does think about it your body is in union with your mind your body will only do what your mind is telling it in other words if you are thinking sickness 
if you are thinking weakness if you are thinking i'm not strong i'm not this you know this can happen to me that can happen to me if you're thinking all these things your body is only obeying everything that you're thinking because it is a your body is made of the dust of the ground it is a created entity so when you are excuse me so when you are thinking all these thoughts and it's in your mind it's in your conscience your conscience is not giving you that freedom to say wait a minute you know jesus has cleansed my mind has cleansed my conscience has destroyed all that mindset of i can fall sick this can happen to me i can fall weak i can i can be poor i can go through trouble i can go through jesus has destroyed that thought process nailed it to the cross i don't have to think about that anymore i don't have to think about anything because i am in the father and what is not there in the father what is not there in the father there's nothing that's not there in him you know we are called to live we are we are designed to live according to everything that happens in our thought life so you need to you need to really uh hold that to value to a place where you are feeding it only the right information only the right information i went through uh, a serious uh, time in which you know i had i i decided i was going to like give up all these you know movies and you know, this uh watch the news and stuff like that now i i watch movies now because now i know i've trained my mind to not even be influenced by the movies but i went through a three year period of you know i just said this thing is seriously influencing and affecting my mind it is affecting my mind to a place where everything i saw in the movie i thought you know it's like this can happen to me there's this big uh, you know it's like fallout and economic crisis and stuff like that and uh, i'm like you know my mind is going into my subconscious mind i'm i'm receiving it as a truth and it is affecting me and i'm thinking it can happen to me so more i was and i was a movie buff movie buff in the sense like you know you ask me anything about the movies which actor when how he lived when he lived right from the 70s up until now i know every actor so i was a movie buff but i had to decide that you know i need to stop this i'm talking about hollywood okay not bollywood bollywood i never watched a single movie i mean i watched three movies but anyways i had to decide like you know i'm going to stop the movies i'm going to stop the news i'm going to stop this stuff because i don't really want my mind to receive information that is unnecessary and you know it can just change the way i think so for 3 years i gave up all movies and news and stuff like that and i found that my mind had totally cleared up my thought life had completely cleared up i was not thinking like i was before there was it was like you know how how you know it's like like mark you know when you when you shave your head suddenly you feel lightheaded you feel like you know there's a big there's a weight that is taken off you and it feels really good it feels awesome it's like suddenly you feel free my mind suddenly became free and it was it was amazing i i strengthened myself to a place where now it's like anybody says something after that time anybody says something it has no value it does not penetrate my conscious mind to a place where it can even affect me i don't really want to even know what that person has to say or what the movie has to say or this i just know it's not true because you're living in the world right we are all living in the world we are living among people we interact with people 
people always have something or the other to say that influences us in one way or the other. So how do we let that influence us is something that we really need to take charge of. Okay, our conscience. Just remember that your conscience is where you need to really be set free so that you are living in complete and absolute freedom. And Jesus has already dealt with that. He has already set our mind free from everything. Okay. Anyone has anything to share? Any questions or any experiences that you had that you would like to share with the group? Anything about what we discussed today or probably in the in the past few ages? Uh, I could. So now uh, we can experience Father God means little, little like that. Or not. If that person, any person dies, so he, when he's in uh, pre, uh, presence in Father God, so he can immediately see Father God and he can build relationship? No, it doesn't work like that. If he could not see and experience Father God here as he was on the earth, then he cannot see Father God when he is uh, when he moves on from the earth. But the process of meeting Father God and the saints and Jesus and the heavenly hosts is much more simpler when a person goes from the physical realm, translates and die, or dies, dies and goes into the spiritual realm in the heavenly realm. When he goes, the process of meeting and seeing Father God is a lot more simpler and a lot more easier because he doesn't have the brain to deal with. Most of our block happens in the brain. The brain doesn't give us that leeway because see, more, everything you're looking at over here right now, you, if you can't see it, you won't believe it. If you can't sense it or hear it, you, or you can't feel it, you generally tend to not believe it. These, these hindrances are not there when a person goes into the heavenly realms. So it's a lot more easier and it's a lot more faster for people to get and interact with Father God. But that's not something Father God wants. Father God doesn't want you to die in order to meet him. He, he didn't say death is the door to heaven. He says Jesus is the door. Right? So who's the door? Jesus. Jesus. Now if Jesus is the door, okay, and we are one with him, we don't, we, we have complete access to Father God right now. I meet him every day. I meet Jesus every day. So it's supposed to be a normal, just like Adam met with Father God, met with Jesus every day. It was a normal for his life. Cain and Abel met Father God, met Jesus. He met them. So for, for Cain and Abel, they went and uh, spoke to God face to face. They had, they brought offerings. And Cain, I mean, think about it, right? Many people think Cain, uh, Cain is like, you know, is like the defiant fellow, the aggressive fellow, person uh, in complete sin. But God loved him so much, he protected him with a seal. No one will ever kill my Cain. Cain said, in fact, see the way Cain spoke to Father God also. Where's Abel? Where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Is that any way, is, is that a way you will speak to Father God? No one will speak to Father God like that. But that is the relationship that they had that was so close, just like Adam and Eve. They had such a strong bond, such a close relationship. Their relationship was not formal. There was no formality between Father God and, and, and the early people. So they had a very close bond. 
So God doesn't want formalities, okay? And we'll come to that later on. But yeah, I mean, when a person goes on, right? Formality is what? Formality is all in the mind. Formality is something, is a tradition that is handed down from people and churchianity. And, you know, it's like uh, King James era, thou art great, O Lord, you know, thou art wonderful. And, you know, that formality has been created such that, you know, everybody has to fear and revere God and you are high up there. And, all that. and God is like, why are you so far from me? Come closer. I want you in my heart. I want you so close that, you know, you know, my thoughts, you know, my heart. That's what Father God wants. No separation of, you know, of, of this veil of formality. So that is not there in the heavenly realms. There's no veil, no formality, no nothing. It's just a matter of, do you desire it? It happens. And it's the same thing here also. You desire it, it happens. There is no, if, if you desire to meet Father God, do you think that he is going to say, no, no, you're not holy yet. You're not pure yet. You have to do this, 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 set yourself up. Only then you can meet Father God. He doesn't do that. Right? It is our mind that creates a block that we don't come and meet him face to face. It's all in our mind. Just like, just like Adam hid from God, it was in his mind. Okay? So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hi, Stanley. Uh, good to hear. Hi. I believe I believe what is important is to accept exactly. that we have the mind of Christ. Yes, we are one. There is no separation. We are one with God. Absolutely. We that aspect of oneness. There is no separation. Yep. You know, we we it's like when you put water and milk and tea, you mix them. You know, there is no separation. Absolutely. So we have been mingled with Christ. We have been mingled with God. When you think, it's God thinking. Your thoughts are his thoughts. His thoughts are your thoughts. Amen. His ways are, are my ways. You know, he is He is life. I am life. Yes. All he is, I am. Yeah. So that I amness, uh, we, we've got to train our mind and, and, and continue speaking it. I am one with Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So I believe that, that that's that's what will continue making us grow and separate us from the religious uh, things that we have been taught over over time. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. And just to just to take that a little forward, right? Uh, so think about it like, uh, for example, if you are now in a husband a husband wife relationship. Father-son relationship, mother-daughter relationship, any relationship that you have, a close relationship with someone, right? How do you come to trust that person? How can you trust your spouse? How can you trust the person that you are living with? How can you trust your father? How can you trust your mother? How can you trust these people? The only way you can trust them is because you are in a relationship with them. Yes, yes. That is the key. God did not create man on the earth and say, okay, fine, you know, it's like now I made you, now you rule the earth and subdue it. God didn't do that. What did he do? He established a relationship with him by meeting him in the cool of the day every day so that that relationship built a bond. It built a trust factor, which we call faith, by the way. Okay. What, we, what do we say? We say faith. Men have faith. We have faith. So our faith, okay, is what we think, okay, wait a minute, you know, it's like, I have to have faith in God. I have to believe God. 
how can you believe god if you don't know him impossible god if you have never met him yeah will you trust someone someone comes up to you and says you know it's like don't worry i will take care of you all your life i will you know i will do everything for you and all that are you just going to say yeah okay fine i'm i'm leaving everything my whole life everything that i am i'm leaving it up to you now you take care who's going to do that but if you know that person and you come into a relationship or some sort of a bond with that person and you get to know the person closer and deeper and then that person says wait a minute you know it's like i i'm going to take care of you you will start trusting that person a little more why because of the relationship that is what god wants he wants us to live out of the relationship he doesn't want us to live just out of a god said so you have not met him you have not seen him how can you trust him god doesn't expect blind faith okay we we tend to think that wait a minute you know it's like uh god said so pastor so and so said so brother so and so said so god said so in the easy trust god believe god so you should believe god now a lot the majority of christianity has such a difficult time trusting god why do you think so many people in christianity in the churches today are going through so much trouble and problems and all that even though they are in the church even though they are born again they are in christianity why is it that they are going through all this trouble they are listening to pulpits and messages and stuff like that how is it that they are still going through the trouble the same trouble that people who don't know jesus are going through so what is the difference between people who believe jesus and people who don't we have been taught to believe that people who believe jesus will go to heaven and that is the difference but people who don't believe jesus will not go to heaven so only going to heaven not going to heaven is the difference no my friend the difference between someone who has come to jesus and someone who hasn't come to jesus is that now you have an a clear conscience because of the cross to approach god freely and have a relationship with him by which that relationship will build your confidence in him will build your trust in him and your life changes on the basis of that relationship because if you are saying i am going to have faith i am going to have faith but you are still having the same problems as the people of people who don't know jesus then how are you born again think about it right it's just common sense what separates us from people who don't know jesus who don't know the father the difference is we know the father and we have to get to know him better through relationship versus the people who don't know the father who don't even know there is a father or there is a jesus or there is a holy spirit and they need to find him right so that's the difference between those who come to jesus and those who don't so the gospel is telling people there is a father ask him who he is go and meet him say if they if you are a father if you are if you are jesus if you are real show yourself to me and he will show himself to them you can give them the gospel you can tell them about what jesus did that will go that will register that will create hope then god can do something in their life why because now they have received the seed of hope the word that you speak is life and power that word goes into their mind as a seed it opens up 
their thought life so that it is more open to receive god so that god can do something in their life that is the gospel right i used to i used to think like you know you get anyone you get someone to say the salvation prayer finished they are saved now now i don't have to do anything once they say you know jesus i invite you into my life you are my lord and savior whether they believe it or not whether they know it or not whether they know jesus don't know jesus who knows as long as they have said the salvation prayer it has come out of their mouth through words they are saved that's what i used to believe so i tried to get as many people to say the salvation prayer whether they believed <laughs> believed it or not it doesn't work like that but that's what we've been taught so what we need to do is really get into the relationship which 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 is faith right have the faith of god in other words we are supposed to come into relationship with him so we can trust him more and and grow in relationship with him if you can trust your spouse on the basis of the relationship you share with your spouse you won't have any trouble with that person doing anything for you you can just leave it up to them i know it will get done because i know my spouse in the same way you have a relationship with father god i don't have to think about my future i have father god i am in father god that's the relationship right awesome any more questions hi sir hey yeah yeah uh remember that uh, a questioner asked you uh, uh that regarding where is the mind exactly you had mentioned that the mind is interwoven with the brain and i got thinking about that because i said even uh, animals also have uh, what to say uh, thoughts and previous things and all memory so uh, what part or i would say first of all where is the mind actually is it a part of the brain at the side of the brain in the body and where does it go after a person dies so so like i shared with you in this let me just show you this thing again okay can you see this yeah okay awesome so like i shared with you over here okay this is your mind okay so this is your mind this is your brain okay and they are very much interrelated interconnected there's there's no separation between the two until a person dies and goes right now this is where all the realities and everything are formed in other words you form your reality in this area in the mind so your reality what is your reality your reality is everything you believe to be true everything you know to be true about life this is only a cpu it's only a a pro a processor that receives information from your senses that's it so this information comes in here you receive this data this data is translated into the mind and this is where your reality is formed so animals don't i i personally believe okay i don't know about i don't i've not asked god about animals and stuff like that but i mean as far as i know from what i know the mechanics of man animals live in this area because animals are creation so they have a brain they function through brain activity and that's about it they feel pain they feel uh, stuff like that 
and this is where this is where they live they live in this area of the physical realm i personally now it's not as if there are no animals in heaven there are animals in heaven but as far as their mind realities and all that are concerned see heaven consists of animals and types and symbols symbols and you know uh, typologies and all that stuff which basically translate out into identity as far as man is concerned what do i mean by that when you see uh, and uh, when you see a dog in heaven okay it's not really a real dog you see in heaven okay your mind receives because because you know what a dog looks like it looks like on earth you know okay fine there's a dog this is the trait the character traits of a dog they are loyal they are you know uh, they are gentle they protect you they do all these things so when your brain starts comprehending your what you have seen what you have seen in the spiritual realm in other words you've probably seen a vision or a dream or something like that or you've actually experienced uh, something in the heavenly realms this information gets translated out over here in okay fine this is the quality traits of an animal so this is what it behave, behaves like this is what an animal translates like so in the like we were discussing the last time also like uh, you see uh, uh, jesus healing that blind guy uh, i see men as trees now there are no real trees trees per se in heaven but the trees are basically uh, represent uh, are uh, what we know of trees this is what a tree looks like so when you are experiencing something in the heavenly realms your brain comprehends it as something like oh wait a minute you know it's like this is what a tree does this is what it uh, this is what the traits of a tree are they symbolize this so you see a tree in heaven and your brain can understand okay fine but if you see something in heaven that is so arbitrary that you don't even know this is like oh wait a minute hold on your brain has no clue what that is it's like i saw something but i don't know what it is why because you're thinking from here you're thinking from the brain it has to comprehend something right now okay fine coming to that let's say for example science everything is made up of sound every single thing is made up of sound and sound is made up of light it all resonates at a certain frequency which you don't see but that we know something that this is called sound this is called frequency this is called light why because our brain has characterized this thing these light particles that is called light our brain knows it why because science has discovered it science has given a name to it called light science has given it a name or terminology it's called sound so we know that when we go into the heavenly realms when we experience something that looks like light glorious light looks like when we come back from that experience we are like i saw a light but if we didn't know what light was if we didn't know that it was that it's called light how can we describe it or understand what we saw the brain has to have some language in which to comprehend what we experience in the heavenly realms right so science is basically discovering science is uncovering everything that is it's giving terminology is giving comprehension a language to everything that is happening in the heavenly realms right so that's what's basically taking place so when we are saying animals and stuff like that and when we are looking at uh, trees and things like that, we are looking at something that we can comprehend with our brain because the brain is a really really powerful tool that we have 
it's a really powerful part of our physical identity so yeah any other questions a question which i don't think has been answered during the session i had asked you this question regarding the conscious subconscious and this uh, shall i read it out to you yeah yeah go ahead please i i said uh, uh, is the conscious mind picking up the physical from the brain and influencing the subconscious and unconscious mind and hence a person gets say fearful or what what it should be is that the unconscious should pick up from the spirit influencing the subconscious and the conscious mind and say hence believe so you have your soul you have your conscious subconscious and unconscious mind okay and and show the spirit also give me a minute let me just sort all this up okay so you have your soul you have your conscious subconscious and unconscious mind and this is just diagrammatic okay yeah 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 and uh, this is the, uh, this is the spiritual realm this is your physical life your your body this is where your brain is okay now what takes place is that your brain receives the information which is just data it is only data it assimilates data puts it together receives it from the senses for example when you touch something okay let's say for example you touch something really hot and you're touching the hot thing your brain is telling you that it is hot okay because your brain your finger gets burnt but your brain is the thing that is telling you that it's hot if you did not know what hot was you will not know what that thing is what's happening to your finger so your brain is giving you information that wait a minute you know i've just touched something hot now that information basically comes into your brain from your brain it goes into your conscious mind now you're thinking about it as some sort of a memory an event that has taken place so this event has been created and you're thinking about it as thoughts these thoughts are going back and forth between your conscious mind and your brain so it's always a relay between your conscious mind and your brain then as you forget about it it goes into your subconscious mind and as time goes by it goes into your unconscious mind right now this information is all coming from your physical life or the world there's a lot of information called revelation revelation is everything that we experience in the heavenly realms this information generally affects all three areas over here but it starts in this unconscious and subconscious area before it becomes active thoughts in your conscious mind so now what we are learning to do because of this big block that is taking place over here this is a big block this is a hindrance because we are only at at this point we are only believing what the physical realm is telling us what we need to decide what we need to come to by by constantly exploring the heavenly realms by constantly engaging the heavenly realm by meeting with father god spending time with jesus is that all these three should finally become so one that you can't tell the difference this is what adam was he was born in a completely state uh, perfect state of existence in terms of his mind that there was no conscious subconscious and unconscious mind the whole thing was one that is why he could interact with the spiritual realm and the physical realm at the same time so the he for him this entire world was one there was no separate spiritual world and separate physical world it was all one 
So we are learning now to bring all our conscious, subconscious and unconscious mind together so that all information that comes from physical or spiritual start working as one unit. That's what we are doing. I hope that answers your question. The, the, the second second question was, in the beginning, you asked a question. Maybe I got the, the lingo a little bit wrong, but you were talking about something. Uh, uh, how many of you are, are governed by, by things that are happening around? Now, uh, at, the, at, the, at the same time, you said that because we are uh, to have dominion over the earth, God is expecting us to work. So how do you reconcile the two? In other words, we should be concerned about what is happening. I, 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 I mean, yeah. the word concern is the wrong, wrong word. No, either way, whether you're concerned or you're not concerned, doesn't matter. The point is that right now the world is in a state that needs deliverance. Yeah. So it's not as if we should not be concerned. The point is, what can you do? But yeah, unless you are in that state to actually govern. Yeah. So, so we have got to have the relationship with God to be able to govern. Right. Without a relationship, you'll only be working in your physical life. Your you'll physical be doing life. things Absolutely. out of strain, out of stress, out of struggle, out of emotion. I just wanted that clarification. Yeah, it will just be an emotional sort of thing yeah. that you'll be doing. Oh, wait a minute. You know, it's like uh, I have to do something by I'm seeing this person suffering and, you know, I can't stand by. It's all out of emotion that you will be working on. Right. Right. But when you start working out of your out of your heavenly existence or your heavenly state of existence, you're not uh, reacting or acting by emotion anymore. Now you're reacting as a governor. In other words, you'll be able to bring that entire event into your spirit, into your realm of influence and change it just by your thought life. Just by who you are. Yeah. In fact, in fact, uh, even, even when you were talking about the thought, uh, thought life, I, I've had this revelation from, I think from the, from the Holy Spirit before that, you know, when Jesus was in the garden, he was thinking about all that was going to be done for, for done to him, and that's why he sweated uh, drops of blood, etc. Because he was going to be uh, he was going to be accused, falsely accused, and this and that. And I believe uh, that he won the victory in the garden, uh, and the angel was sent to strengthen him there. Why? Because his thought itself was was the was, was the victory. What he was thinking was that's that's the reason why he went through that. Uh, that trauma and was pleading with the father, if, the, if it be your will, let, 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 let the cup pass from me, etc. But not my will, but thine, thine be done. And then he, he actually accepted it. And the angel was sent to strengthen him there because he had won the battle in the mind over there. Let me ask you something. Okay. Uh, will you be able to right now take a knife and cut yourself in your hand? Will you be able to, will any one of you be able to take a knife and cut yourself? No. The very thought of that itself, itself would give yeah. you the, so, the so he's Actually, he won it in the, in the thought. He, he, he won it in his, in his thought. He won it at the foundation of the world. Yeah, absolutely correct. That's right. So he didn't win it at there. He won it right before he even came as, uh, as Jesus. Yeah. Right? Because the word was already spoken and the word never falls to the ground, never uh, becomes void. So he, the victory was already won at the foundation of the world. The I'm point is, in relation the, sweat, to his, the his, sweat and blood was about if you can see what is about to happen to you. His manliness, his manliness, exactly. His I mean, as a man. Yeah. So yeah, if you can see what is going to happen to you, if yeah. you already know everything that you're going to experience, your body, your flesh is going to be peeled apart. 
there's going to be cuts in your body your back is going to be torn out your face is going to be so disfigured that they could not even recognize, recognize who this person is if you know what is going to happen to you you've already experienced it in the spirit i mean yeah flesh and blood i would not have even gone to the cross <laughs> that was terrifying man i've seen the passion of the christ just once i am i can't see it again it's not possible and and some people say that that it was even worse than that correct so anyways any other questions sorry i like to share something yeah uh well uh, like you said we have been blessed with everything father god has given i mean we are already blessed and uh, of late uh, i mean from a year or so or two years or so i have seen that this blessing of abundance that we have from father god i just uh, you know uh, when i just uh, sit down and just engage uh, or or be with father and just feel his love embracing me this feel is you know just he around me just hugging me or just embracing me that's all that love you know just works to uh, every kind of abundance in my life but it is joy peace blessings i mean uh, uh uh in in terms of business in terms of you know every kind of thing i just feel that abundance flowing in me just by being in his presence of love that love which i feel is just flowing from his heart into our life so this experience i just wanted to share with everyone that you know this experience experiencing his love just flowing in us just leads to everything just falling in place you know i mean i don't have to do anything you know anywhere i don't have to give, have to struggle it just flows from him to us yeah so thank you kurt i mean uh, it was uh, it's such wonderful listening from you but like you said uh, you know uh, you listen to your wife also the sun light and not so anyway uh, enjoying every journey that you are taking us through and thank you so much and i have experienced this love of father god and living from eternity right here thank you so much thank you awesome okay so we will uh, then go ahead and meet the next time okay and uh, do me a favor if you can join just a couple of minutes earlier then i won't have to keep on you know uh, clicking the invite invite you know invite yes yes add group add group. so just maybe a couple of minutes earlier will be great we'll get to chat and say hi and everything and then you can start sharp at uh, 7:30 right awesome thanks so thanks so much guys for joining in thanks god uh, anytime we'll we'll meet we'll meet next time again yeah yes. you guys have fun enjoy life yeah bye everybody live in freedom thank you see you, see you.